0: Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. Hello everyone and welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, the podcast
1: highlighting the brilliant educators in our rural areas. My name is Lauren and today I will be hosting a much anticipated episode interviewing the beautiful Amy who has been in our ears week in and week out. Amy, thank you so much for joining the podcast, How the Tables Have Turned.
0: Oh my gosh, Lauren, thank you. That was a beautiful intro. But, yes, it's a little bit nerve-wracking sitting on the other side, knowing that I'm the one being interviewed.
1: Yes, yes. And it's really great because I think we're all just dying to know so much more about you. So to start (laughs) off, what is your story? Okay, I know that you've completed your teaching and you've started in the classroom, but what brought you out here? Let us all know everything.
0: Okay, well... Uh, I guess I always want to be a teacher so probably from about year one I just had this dream to be a teacher. I had amazing teachers growing up and it was really funny because my preschool teacher who I had 20 odd years ago also ended up being my mentor during uni and then I worked with her once I started teaching. So it's funny how these things like come around. Uh, yeah, basically, always knew I wanted to be a teacher, so I guess that probably really helped me focus during high school because I wouldn't say high school was like the best time for me. I didn't love it. I wasn't an out there person by any means. And then I was really lucky to get the opportunity in high school through USQ, which is one of the unis in southeast Queensland, to do a Head Start program. So, come year eleven, semester two, I started uni. So. Basically, you could do one subject per semester, which meant you dropped a subject in high school and got a spare to be able to study. So I did that for three semesters. And that pretty much guaranteed, if you passed all those courses, guaranteed you entry into uni. But I also did my OP score. Anyway, um, I can't say uni was my favourite time by any means. There were definitely times where I wanted to quit and I look back now and I think my mental health probably wasn't all together. I know my anxiety played a huge part in it, but the only thing that probably got me through uni was definitely my pracs. So I did all of my pracs in country areas, which I just loved, like that was always my thing. But I guess even going back a few years when I was in year ten. I did my year 10 work experience for a week and obviously back then we could really choose anywhere we wanted to go and I chose to go to Charleville Distance Education. So I grew up in Dolby so Charleville six hours away and I am very lucky to have amazing parents who took me out there my mum and my little brother came out for the week and I basically got to sit in a classroom with all these kids hundreds of kilometers away and i know so many people like say their worst experience was bad but i just loved it it probably really gave me that boost just to get through high school and it's really funny because at the time like i was calling it school of the air at the time and i guess that's just something i knew it as because growing up i knew people who had gone through school of the air and distance said depends what state I guess you're in and I had a friend turn to me and said oh do you want to be a pilot and I was like what do you mean but you did school the air for your working spirits and that's when I probably went oh my gosh like so many people don't know about it yeah um so I thought that was quite funny like that was over 10 years ago now and I still get a good laugh out of that she thought I was going to become a pilot. And that definitely was not the case at all. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So that probably really intrigued me, like the distance ed side. But I didn't, when I was at uni, I kind of, I wouldn't say they didn't want me to do my pracs in distance ed, but I guess it probably wasn't encouraged as much. And I do understand it in relation to like behavior management and stuff but I really wish I had had that opportunity because I think it's such a unique experience and you get to learn so much more about the curriculum and stuff like that so that probably yeah I wish I had but I had some really great practice they definitely weren't all easy and I stayed in my hometown for a few and then I headed west for a few as well and That definitely threw me out of my comfort zone completely. Like I went to towns where I didn't really know anyone and I was still obviously learning to be a teacher. I think you never stop learning, but that really threw me out of my comfort zone. I look back now and I'm really glad I did it, but I I surprised myself that I did do it when I look back and think, oh my gosh, you weren't an out there. You are very shy. And I think, yeah, that kind of is where it went.
1: Wow, that's lovely. Yeah. And so what what brought you um, out as a govy?
0: Uh, so I, to go back a few years, it's really funny. So in my first year of uni, I decided that I just, I wasn't sure if I wanted to break from uni but I just was really struggling like I said before and I applied for a few governess jobs back in my first year and I came across a family up in central Queensland and they had just started out in business education so I came up for a two-week stint just to see if I liked it anyway I fell in love with it but I guess that anxiety, that mental health probably is what stopped me and I just, I ended up turning it down and that was probably my biggest regret during my junior years. But I look back now and I'm also really grateful that I just left governessing for a few more years later. So I started teaching and did four years. In mainstream, well, three and a half, because I did spend some time last year in the Northern Territory governessing. And then this year, I decided after a breakup last year that it was my time to focus on myself. And I thought, nope, let's governess again. I was kind of just getting sick of the mainstream system. Anxiety once again, like, played a huge role in that. And I look back now and I'm so grateful that I had people around me who supported me and my mental health now. fantastic. But I looked at a few jobs. I knew after being in the Northern Territory last year, I knew it was too far away for me personally. And yeah. so I knew my maximum was going to be nine hours from home. I had to be able to drive home in a day. That was my main thing. And I guess because yeah. of COVID, I wanted to stay in Queensland. So few jobs applied for a job in central Queensland and it was actually the same family that I did the job trial in my first year of uniform but oh, they're two it. eldest oh, yes so I feel like everything was meant to be but so they're two eldest that I was going to be teaching and now I'm boarding school and I have their youngest and I can honestly say it has been the best thing that I've done in my life. Like this year I have friends back home who comment just how happy I am and it's genuine, like I am genuinely happy.
1: That's so good. That's so crazy though that the universe has kind of just worked its way out and you've kind of circled back to where you were meant to be.
0: Do you feel like that's what's happened? Oh, Definitely. I look back, and last year was a really rough year for myself, just personally. And I'd always knew I wanted to go back and go nesting, but the fact that I've actually come back with this family and they are like my second family now, I just can't imagine being anywhere else. It's just, yeah, I feel like the universe had. I had to do other things first before I came back here and felt truly settled.
1: Oh. Yes, exactly. I love that. Now, tell us about what you're doing this year. So you're obviously governessing this year. What, um, I suppose, what is it like there? How many kids do you have? And just tell us about the location. Are you quite isolated or are you um, far but not too far from um, facilities
0: around? Yes, so I feel really guilty when I say that I only have one student in my schoolroom. So she's in year four. And I guess that's been something like I love it. But then I hear my friends who have the 20 kids and are doing report cards and I feel guilty. But then at the same time, I thought, no, I've chosen to do this and I shouldn't feel guilt around it. And I just love it. So we're an hour from our closest town. We're in between two towns pretty much. And they are fairly big towns. When I say fairly big, like one of them has 3,000 people. So even though that's probably small by uh, some people's standards, it still has like IGA, your news agents, clothes shops and whatnot. And then we're only three hours from Mackay then. So that has everything that we really need. So I don't feel isolated by any means. Like I don't think we're remote. We have neighbours literally just down the road and I just, I just love it. I think it's a perfect location where you're far enough away from everyone but you're still close to pop into town for the afternoon or whatever whenever you need to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, love that. Now, just going back to this change from teaching in mainstream school to going to a governess, can you just talk us through kind of changing from that I suppose uh, how do I explain this is you know you're the star of the show as a teacher and now as a governess you're kind of uh, you're in a team kind of thing you know working towards you know the students education can you kind of talk us through that transition from teacher to I would say more of a team assistive kind of role we would describe a governess Yeah, that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I guess it it is a strange feeling. I probably want to take on more responsibility than what my job description is, only because I'm used to being that teacher for so long. Like, I'm over everything. Whereas I do have to let go sometimes and go, okay. Well, they do have a teacher there, which is really nice. I think for me personally. I just have the best of it. I get to teach. I get to have fun. I get to be that fun teacher that I think growing up I always wanted to be. But then when you're in the mainstream, and I'm sure a lot of teachers can relate, you have the behavior management where I don't have that now. Of course, yes, I have to manage behavior, but like it's not bad. And that data collection, like I think all teachers will be able to understand when I say data collection takes up so much time yes of course I'm doing assessments with my student and I have to send it to the teacher but the amount of time like all the boring marking and stuff I don't have to do and I just think it allows me to relax and just have fun and I've probably become a better teacher there's probably things now that I look at and go you know what when I do go back in the schoolroom classroom I will do things differently just yeah and I think my student being one-on-one like she has taught me just as much as what I taught her
1: yeah yeah oh that's beautiful can you go into detail maybe about what she has taught you because I think we always go on about you know us bring new perspectives to children's lives but what has she brought to you
0: I can honestly say she is the most funniest Quick-witted student I've ever had and I think she just doesn't take life too seriously and I guess being a farm kid too she can I guess I grew up in a country area so that's not new to me by any means and I lived on a farm for a few years with my ex-partner but just the things that she knows about the animals and stuff like that that's probably quite new to me because I've always worked in like the cropping side of the industry and um, but she just she's just given me a new perspective like we have so much more fun where I can let my hair down we get our work done but she's also taught me that it's okay to have fun and not take life too seriously. Oh, that's really sweet
1: <laughs> now you you've sort of answered this but just putting your teacher hat back on do you think gaving has brought a new perspective to you as a teacher oh my gosh yes
0: yes yes i was a very burnt out teacher a very stressed teacher yeah and that comes down to mental health and i guess i've spoken about that on the podcast so many times because mental health oh my gosh i am a huge advocate for it because i know what it's like to live with anxiety but I guess I've seen the way I can incorporate things into my school room that I can now take back to a classroom. So, for example, I have always had a huge belief in play-based learning, educational games and I've had teachers commented comment before about, how many games I have in my classroom, which are all educational, but things that you don't think of, like we play Yahtzee, which is like growing up, I kind of had it, but my student has become so much quicker in adding up just from a game and like it's fun, but we're learn- like we're learning at the same time. Yeah. And I yeah. think that flexibility... Obviously, as an educator, you you have to be flexible, but I've become even more flexible this year and knowing, like, we can pick up a lesson and go outside and do it. And I think I was probably always too scared to do that when I had a class in the mainstream school, if that makes sense.
1: Yes. No, I, as a fellow Gabby, I know exactly what you mean. You know, you can be so flexible and adaptive, you know, in your classroom at home. And, yeah, you can do a lot more, I think, you know, in these kind of environments um, than you could possibly do, yeah, in a yeah. mainstream classroom. So 100%, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So not too long ago, you did put up a question box on your Instagram and a lot of it a lot, we've got a few questions with the same theme, which is is there anything you'd want to say to people considering getting into Goving and some advice for some first time guvvies? I know that's two separate questions, but
0: have a go. <laughs> um, I think just do it. And that is coming from someone who doesn't jump in the deep end very often. However, I do say that and I I think your research, you need to go with your gut. So, for example, last year I started teaching in the Northern Territory for a beautiful family. But deep down in my gut, I knew it was too far away from home and I probably didn't listen to my gut to begin with. And that really... I ended up leaving after a few months because my anxiety had got to me. Obviously, COVID was definitely not planned when I went up there. So that made it all the more trickier. But I think do it. Absolutely do it. Do your research. Ask you the questions. Like you might, if you were someone who loves company, you would be okay with sharing quarters. Whereas I love, being by myself so for me at the end of the day I like being able to go to my own little home by myself and that's my chill time get to know what age is like I know it's probably pretty obvious but what age you're going to be teaching because I've spoken to some gubbies and it's easy if they're all very similar but if you have I know I think I was talking to you about it a few weeks ago like when you have say a year one and a year four or even younger, like prepping year one, they're so dependent on you. So you need to consider that for yourself. Like, do you think you can handle it? Also, like, what other gubbies are around the area? I know I've been so lucky that I have made friends with so many gubbies. But, yeah, I think all those little things that you don't think of when you apply for a job because you are living with the family, like, You need to be able to get along with them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something I wish I knew um, applying for jobs and starting out as a gubby. So, you know, I think that's really great advice. Um, What's planned for you in the future? What's the future look like for you? Is governessing something you see long-term or do you think you'll hop back into mainstream school, schooling or something completely different? What What's in store for you?
0: You know, if you had asked me this at the start of the year, my answer would have been totally different. So it's really funny. I left mainstream teaching thinking I would never go back. I, had been, I definitely am one of those people who are in the statistics of dropping out after five years because of the stress of teaching. And that's. Not to say it is a bad job. I love teaching, so I don't want to paint this picture that it is an awful occupation career because it truly has the most amazing moments in it. But for myself personally, it I had to stop. So I plan to stick three years out with my beautiful family that I'm working for at the moment. So then my student will be going to boarding school. And not that I'll be old by the end of that, but I really think I would love to go into distance ed teaching by the end of it I think I've been in such a great position now that I know what it's like on the other side of the computer and I hope if I do go into that distance ed teaching that I can support those gubbies not only from a teacher perspective but I've had that gubby experience too so I know what it feels like to be in their shoes and I guess the podcast like has been such a big thing for me in getting those stories out because they don't want people to feel alone.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think going into distance education after this, you will m- most definitely know how to support not only the students but the guvies and the families. So I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Now, moving on to the podcast, What was the reason behind the podcast? Why did you initially start it? And now that you've started it, what's continuing it for you? Has the reason changed or has the vision
0: all stayed the same? I look back and I find it really funny because I don't jump headfirst into stuff very often, but it was (laughs) June, July holidays and I was driving back from being down in Dolby and I I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time on my drive, but I kind of thought, you know what? I haven't really heard any podcasts for rural and remote educators. Like I listen to the Grace Her podcast and Motherland Australia podcast, which are based on rural and remote people, and I love it. But I thought, you know what? Teachers and gubbies and school admin and whatnot—they don't have their stories out there. So I guess I kind of just went one day. Oh, I'm going to do it. I had no idea what I was doing. I literally youtube it all and here we are but I really hope I can continue it I really want to build up our community more I guess I do have a few ideas up my sleeve that I hope I can bring to fruition but it's just time and I'm not going to push myself to be this massive podcast I think I want it to grow organically and yeah I'll just see where it goes but I have been so lucky so far that I've had so many amazing guests on and I usually message people on Instagram when I find their account and they'll say yes or I've had others actually reach out to me because they've heard their friend on the podcast and so it's worked out really well so far so I hope I can continue yeah
1: and can you give us a little preview of what's in store for the future Well, we'd love to know.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I don't know exactly. I would really love to start interviewing a few more male teachers because we've only had female teachers, really. Um, Yes. And I guess this is probably a quick little shout-out. If you do know a male rural or remote teacher or govy, please send them my way because I really want to interview it from a male perspective. I think... It's such a female-dominated industry that we don't get to see the amazing male teachers who are doing amazing things out there. I have a few personal things that I want to be able to conquer that I kind of will speak about one day, I guess, but definitely going into that, keeping in that rural and remote education. And hopefully I really want to be able to build into that mental health as well, being able to support people through their mental health of teaching, not just the curriculum side, because I think that's so easy to forget when you have this curriculum to deliver, to teach, to collect data, but quite often it comes at a price to our mental health. So I really want to be able to support people in that way.
1: Oh, that's really beautiful, Amy. Well... Thank you so much for being on your podcast. and oh my god. For letting me host today. You've been a great guest.
0: <laughs> oh no, thank you. You need to give yourself um, a pat on the back, pat on the back, because you have done so well. I know you're a little bit nervous to start with, but I think you've done fantastic.
1: Honestly, I think it's just both of us being our PJs
0: right now that has helped. But <laughs> Yes, definitely. We um are definitely chilling. It's probably the most chillest podcast interview I've had. No one else has been able to see me in my PJs. So I think you should feel very blessed. <laughs> oh, <put on.
1: laughs> I'm very honored. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> wow. Now, just reiterating if there's any governors out there that um, would like to be heard, please hit up Amy as well, all the podcasts. And yeah. Thank you so much.
0: No, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Laughter Dirt in Education podcast. I can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week. Make sure you are subscribed to your favourite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date. Until next week, thank you.